In the heart of the city that never sleeps, where dreams are made and shattered, where every corner tells a story, lives the stories left untold and unheard. Here we will uncover the unfiltered, unspoken, and unforgettable. My name is Bria, and welcome to Urban Chronicles Voices of the 20s, because in this city, every voice deserves to be heard. Elijah Muller, uh, spelled with an A, not with an E, so A-L-I-J-A-H, Muller, not Miller, M-U-L-L-E-R, 28 years old, from New York City, Brooklyn, New York, and my current occupation, I am an inventory control specialist for a gas utility company uh, residing in New York City that basically just, you know, uh, handles a big part of uh, just making sure the houses in New York City get the gas services need, so for your stove and everything like that. born in new york i was born in uh brooklyn hospital actually in uh 95 uh, my my mom was born in brooklyn too so i'm like her junior my dad is uh from overseas he was born in aruba but he like migrated here in like the 70s and um yeah so yeah i'm a native new yorker i'm from here i was born and raised in uh, brooklyn east new york spent about 25 years there i lived on basically all sides of East New York. If anybody's ever been to East New York, you know, you got the conduit, which is right before Queens. I would live over there. I lived in the middle, right by the precinct, you know, the worst precinct in the world. And then I moved towards like the uh, closer end towards Broadway Junction before I um, moved out of my mother's house as a grown man at 25. And I, well, I was living in Bed-Stuy for about three years. And um, yeah, New, York, New York's my life, man. I've been here the whole time. Uh, so yeah like growing up i mean i think my biggest thing is i spent a lot of time around a lot of older people so you know like not just like 40 year old people and stuff uh, but i've spent a lot of time around some of my older sister's friends who were basically the age i am now at 28 that's what they were and i was looking at the way they had things and they had apartments you know they had jobs they had money so i had this expectation like oh man when i get older i'm gonna get myself a nice crib you know, a decent job, nice clothes, go on trips all the time. I'm going to have fun. It's going to be work. And I thought things were going to be smoothly. So, you know, the expectation, it was very wide-eyed. You know, I I, fig- I thought I had it all kind of sort of figured out. And, I mean, I'm doing pretty good. But, you know, this is probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. It's such a 360 when you actually have to do it. And then, 
you know, you also learn, oh, wow, everybody was living a lie. Like, I thought it was good. This is not good. This is a tragedy. I think the most difficult thing has been um, basically um, fitting in, maybe. Like, because one thing you realize as you get to these parts is that while you're navigating and you're moving in a certain way, everybody around you is not moving in a certain, that same direction. And everybody wants to move that direction, but you might be the only one actually making the motion. So you start to feel very alienated from like everybody that you're going on this journey with, because now it feels like, it feels like, okay, like I'm by myself. Like nobody gets me. Nobody gets what I'm doing. Nobody's serious. And it, it gets frustrating because now you want somebody to relate to because you feel like you want to vent, but then when you vent to these people, they don't understand. So it just sounds, it feels like complaining and it doesn't, you know, you're not, you're, it doesn't feel like you're being heard when it's like, I'm not complaining. I'm looking to compare notes with somebody, but it's like the hardest realization is realizing that, you know, like you're in this as you, and you have to figure this out as you, you're, you'll be lucky if you find somebody that's gonna uh, even remotely be able to empathize, empathize, with uh with your journey because your journey's subjective so it's very 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 uh it's heartbreaking um but it's also very character building you know you'll feel you feel the the downpour of it but you know once uh you succeed then you can feel the sunshine and it's pretty nice um i think the most difficult thing has been um basically um fitting in maybe like because one thing you realize as you get to these parts is that while you're navigating and you're moving in a certain way everybody around you is not moving in a certain that same direction and everybody wants to move that direction but you might be the only one actually making the motion so you start to feel very alienated from like everybody that you're going on this journey with because now it feels like it feels like okay like i'm by myself like nobody gets me nobody gets what i'm doing nobody's serious and it, it gets frustrating because now you want somebody to relate to because you feel like you want to vent but then when you vent to these people they don't understand so it just sounds it feels like complaining and it doesn't you know you're not you're, it doesn't feel like you're being heard when it's like i'm not complaining i'm looking to compare notes with somebody but it's like the hardest realization is realizing that you know like you're in this as you you have to figure this out city oh man it feels like there's no love here but there's really really a lot of love i just think because the city's so fast paced it just kind of flies by us like you know i could say i might not you know i i feel like i've been in love like not a lot of times but the times that i have loved somebody it's been very very uh it's been very strong and it's been very powerful but because 
everything in New York is so fast paced. It's hard for you to even zone in and feel focused on that or feel like you even deserve that because um, you'll meet somebody. They're great. They're perfect. But you're not feeling great or you're not feeling perfect at the time. So as much as you want to indulge, you can't. And you indulge to a point the way you start to self-sabotage, especially because it's like, think about all the things you're trying to do in New York. You're trying to work. You're trying to get to school, probably. You're trying to finish school, pay rent. You know what I mean? You're probably 26 years old or 27, trying to work, finish school, and you still live at home with your parents. Like, how would you feel comfortable even, like, finding love? Like, you know, you don't even feel like an adult, and I think that's what has made, that was a problem for me for a while is that I didn't feel like an adult for a long time so to try and navigate a relationship for me was actually pretty difficult because I was in a big feeling of self-doubt that it's like I'm not even the type of man that could even be there for you know a partner because I didn't consider myself a man like how am I a man and I still gotta I still gotta brush past my mother when I'm trying to just go to the bathroom and you know so that kind of took me out of it for a while and then even when I did start to transition into my own place I wasn't used to being an adult so I didn't even I still didn't understand how to navigate a, a, a partnered relationship with uh, somebody so you know a lot of ups and downs a lot of fumbles that I didn't mean to you know have happen but also everybody around you is fumbling the exact same way so you don't feel out of place with that one you feel like oh I mean listen everybody's dating life is failing and ups and downs and everybody's ghosting each other and everybody's just one night standing. So, Oh, I'm, I'm just doing what everybody else is doing, but then you don't realize until later on, like, Oh, wait a minute. Like I didn't have to even do any of that because, you know, from where I'm from, you don't get to explore the entire city until you go explore it yourself. And as an adult and exploring New York as an 18 year old, a 25 year old and a late, 30 year old is three completely different New York cities. You're, you know what I mean? There's people that I'm meeting now that I'm like, man, I wish I met them at 25. I would have been a completely different uh, romantic, but, um, you know what they say? They you live and you learn, but, um, you also got to learn to live, you know? Um, and the only way you can really do that is by, uh, being genuine with everyone you meet. Um, Having humility, uh, not always trying to be right, especially when you're dating somebody. It's okay to learn. It's okay to be uh, vulnerable. You know what I mean? Uh, always having your guard up. You're never going to get anywhere. And, um, you know, me personally, if I could if I could do it all over again, I would definitely do it all over again differently. I wouldn't uh, indulge in some of the things I indulged in certain people. I would have cherished a lot more and um, a lot of people I would have stayed away from. You know what I mean? Cause uh, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, but you know what I mean? You can't play too much.
You know, it's funny. Everybody around me thinks I have a type, and I mean, I kind of do, but I don't. I don't. But my type is based more along the lines of how me and somebody's synergy kind of goes together. Like, you know, like I I may have a physical preference, but that's not really what I mainly care about. Particularly, I've I've dated people whose personalities completely vary, lifestyles, everything, backgrounds, like completely like it's in complete it's there's no comparison and i like that right because i feel like um i feel like i'm a person who i'm always changing you know what i mean and i'm always adapting so you know what i mean it's very good for me to like there's different parts of me and everybody who's dated me has gotten a different part of me that somebody else didn't got and i think that's what has helped me develop as myself overall and also have a an understanding of who i actually am and not me being shaped by everybody else's opinion of me or what people think is the best quality of me. You know what I mean? Because you might meet somebody that likes that you are one specific way and you think you got to be that way all the time. No, it's good to meet other people that help you come to realize all the powerful parts of you. And, um, I perceive everybody as like their own individual. I try my best to always never, ever let what happened with another a relationship or situationship pull over into how I visualize the next person. You know what I mean? You know, you, you, you learn certain things, of course, but you know, I mean, I think everybody's their own individual, treat you as an individual. So it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, I don't, it's not that I don't like you because I didn't like the last girl and I hate women. No, you just actually suck as an individual specifically, right? I'm treating you as you, right? Just like I like you as you. Right, you know, I think some of my biggest icks are just like, I think everybody dating now, especially in New York City, is very general. I think everybody approaches a relationship very general. I don't think people are really looking to get to know the individual. Like, guys just want a girl that's just a girl. That's like every girl they've ever dated. You know what I mean? They just want a certain idea and a certain image. And I'm like, yo, but do you really know this girl? Do you really know what's good for her? Do you know what's important i'm like because if you really got to know her you would have known that she wasn't for you like years ago and i know uh, surprises and challenges with dating come on am i on the air okay um i think one of the biggest surprises i think i have with dating is just how much people really don't actually know what they're asking for like everybody thinks they really know what they really want like they really want something serious no, I want something serious. I want somebody to take me serious. I want somebody to love me seriously. I want somebody that's ready to build with me and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, cool. And you really sit there and you hold them to that standard. And it's really sort of kind of like, this means you're going to have to be responsible. Like, that means you're going to have to be emotionally responsible, emotionally mature. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be willing to understand um, I used to think compromise wasn't something you're supposed to do in a relationship, but I've learned that, no, you do have to actually compromise, right? And it's not compromising in a bad sense. It's just compromising in the sense that, okay, I've never done this practice before, but for you, I'll do it or I'll attempt it, right? And, um, you know, I think it's just very surprising that a lot of people, you know, talk about it, but that's, and they say that's what they want till you're there. Like in my own experiences, like, you know what I mean? People talk about communication, but it's like, okay, cool. Do you, I've realized that people don't want communication. 
they just want to say what they want to say and you believe what they're saying and then that's the end of it like they think that what they're saying is 100 percent the true thing but no you got to understand the same way you have an opinion your partner has an opinion right your partner has been through things that have shaped their opinion and just because you're saying something does not make it automatically right by gas utility company in new york city um that provides you know of course the gas service and i work in the uh i work in inventory management and uh recovery basically I, i'm basically a support supplier i'm like i'm like an analyst combined with an amazon worker combined with a dude that just got out of jail and just needed a job and um operates heavy machinery so i i i i, I run all aspects of like uh of, of basically Home Depot. Um, but, you know, my job heavily involves me being involved with people across multiple sectors. So I spent a lot of time dealing with a lot of different people just in a lot of different departments across my company. So I'm pretty well known in the company, you know, across a lot of people, people, even if they don't know me by name, they know me by face or the opposite. So my job entails basically a lot of conversation, a lot of interpersonal people skills, a lot of understanding what people need and providing them with the information that they need. And then also knowing how to go gather information without with the most limited amount of resources and basically project managing and making things happen on a day to day basis. So, um, you know, it's it's a very it's a simple job because I've been doing it for a while, but um, it it has its strenuous moments, and that did affect me outside of work for a while. And um, there was a part where there was a point where the job was very very much like it was it became very difficult, and it it led to me being fairly uh internally depressed. And um, I'm a high functioning depressed person. So you would never know that I was depressed, but um, it, was, it was just pretty dark for a while. Uh, you know, I got hurt on the job. Um, so, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, you can't do, you can't be as mobile as you want to be for a period of time. And um, you know what I mean? Like, nobody cares. You're just a number. So, you know, that, that level of depression can really affect your surroundings and your work-life balance especially outside of life you know family and dating you become very reclusive right and there's people you know that rely on you just like there's people that rely on you at work people that rely on you outside of work and it's like you can't be there for them at that point now because you 
you've let in your occupation completely engulf uh your the 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 sovereignty that is your your outside life from work because you know that that has to, you have to keep those separate um, i coped with um i don't really think i ever did you know what i mean i mean i was i was out of work but i was finding ways to kind of sort of enjoy myself like i kind of tried to go outside you know try to be as mobile as i could be and try to you know i i got to do some things that i never got to do during my regular time but um i never really learned how to cope and i didn't really realize i didn't know how to cope because when i had to go back to work is when i realized like oh you spent four months five months bsing like you know what i mean like you didn't work on yourself at all you just you just like band-aided the problem, you know, not just the physical problem. You just band-aided the mental and emotional one because now you're going right back to that same place that hurt you physically and emotionally the first time. You know what I mean? And you you know, you know, disability don't last forever unless you like lose a leg. You know, I mean my my injury wasn't that grave. It was major enough to not work but you know but um you know because you were so caught up in disliking something the number one thing you wanted was to just get away from it and you got that and that's what you you're, you're satisfied in the moment same way you're satisfied with your job going when you get paid you know what i mean but it's a quick satisfaction on payday but now so the next payday you're like i hate this place you know it's same thing it's like yo like I, I wasn't it was out of sight out of mind and you know i didn't you know think about the fact that like you're gonna go back one day i was just more bent on just trying to heal myself in ways that i thought i could mentally and emotionally being in new york you can get distracted because there's so much to do. But if you move in your desired practice or field or hobby or whatever, you can have fun and get your hobby at the same time. So I think being in New York has allowed me to meet because it's such a New York is also a central hub. And my biggest skill is I'm a great communicator and I'm a great networker and because New York City is such a central hub for people of all different walks of earth. I've been able to benefit and gain and acquire knowledge from different people from across the world that have helped shape who I am for myself so I can use this information when it's privy um, to whatever is going on. You know, so I enjoy um, having opportunity here because honestly, it's not a joke. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere because this is tough and but it's it's tough if you let it be tough because it doesn't have to be right if you here with a goal you can accomplish that goal if you're just playing around that's a goal too to just have fun and you'll do that you know what i mean but you know the clock's ticking gotta prioritize those uh conversations gotta prioritize those connections because if you don't you know you'll find yourself further and further away from your goal and that's the scary side of new york that nobody knows about you have to have a lot of discipline 
have to have a lot of self-control because this is a city where you can do anything and but still get nothing done because there's so much to do. My family, my, my family relationships actually are probably some of my strongest relationships, you know what I mean? My family, I mean, as much as they're my biggest haters, they're also my biggest supporters, uh, you know what I mean? Because, you know, when push comes to shove, man, it's really like there's nobody like them. And I'm blessed enough to have that aspect where I think I'm a big focal point to a lot of people in my family because of... um comparatively to a lot of people i'm actually the most open one i'm the most standoutish one i'm the most uh one of the most you know what i mean so but i'm also one of the youngest right so i haven't made my mark yet but i think everybody sees where it's kind of going and i think also i surprised my family like i think my family thought i was really dumb for a while like i think they thought i was slow you know what i mean and it was it's like I could understand why they thought that, but it was it was not I was slow. I just, you know, they took care of me so well. I never had to strive because I'm like, you guys get everything done for me that I need without me having to try. So why am I trying hard? But then as I became an adult and independent, things like that, I was, you know, I mean, I did what had to be done. And I didn't struggle. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I've ever really had to try really hard to get anything done like ever in my life, which is interesting. Most things it's I just it just works out for me just off of like forty five percent of my brain power and I just do it, which is really good. And um I think I you know, I caught my family off guard for a while. I didn't think they thought I would be twenty eight years old with uh with uh with a six figure salary with a stock trading account, making money on it, teaching them how to better invest their finances. And they, when now people in my family, they have an idea. They come to me, you know what I mean? I want to start this type of business. I mean, being around black women, I mean, I've never really d dealt with anything else. Um, I mean, black women have been my greatest help. You know what I mean? They've been my greatest help. They've been my greatest support. They've helped me get things. I think me being a young black man, I also give off like a very youthful energy. You know, it's like a lot, you know, I mean, a lot of young, I mean, a lot of black women. And I think who I am, it works both ways. I have, I have them tap into their motherly feminine side where they want to help me and support me and provide for me and kind of like some of them want to treat me like the way they would treat like their son or a little brother or a nephew or something. But I also I think some of them want to support me and I make them feel like a wife or, 
you know, a partner. So it makes them want to support me. So, you know, I, 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 I usually get much more supportive black women than I get non-supportive. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, that has helped me along because I've gotten a lot of breaks in life because a black lady was behind the counter. You know what I mean? Like, even when I purchased like my first property, um, you know, the lady handling the process for my uh, condo, she, she was black. And I mean, I could tell she was going by the books, but I could also tell she was really trying to like be on me to make sure I did what I had to do to secure this purchase. Cause I was, there was days I was slacking and I wasn't really taking it seriously. And she's calling me like, Mr. Muller, where are you? You know you need to turn this in by this day. Da, 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 da. Listen, I'll let you send it to me on the weekend. I normally don't do this, but I'll let it slide if you could just, you know what I mean? It's just that, you know what I mean? I guess it's like that coddle kind of sort of feeling like, you know, black moms coddle their sons and stuff like that. But it was also to, it also wasn't like, I didn't get away with anything. I still had to do it. You know what I mean? I'm still around black women who make me have to do things. You know what I mean? They're not just letting me get away with whatever. They hold me to a standard. And I appreciate that because I think it that's what's going to help me one day become the black husband and the black father that I've always wanted to be. And create a story. You know, just reflecting on my time in New York City, uh, you know, the most significant challenges, I think I, the biggest challenge I faced was just getting my own living space outside of my parents' house. Like, that's everybody's dream. Like, especially if you compare it to somebody who doesn't live in New York, people move out by, like, 19, 20, 21. They're living on their own wherever it is they live, and you're like, wow, I really wish I could do that, but you can't because, you know what I mean, to be able to do that in New York, you have to have a comparable salary, a comparable work schedule, your brain, your mentality, and it's got to be in a, you don't want to live in a crazy area, so you're going to pay a little bit more money to be in a safer area, and I think me being able to accomplish that when I did at 25 was one of the most challenging things for me because it's, what, I already had a vehicle by the time I moved out, so, you know what I mean? I had a vehicle, and then I had my own place to live, which most people only could afford one, or they don't have the setup or the connection for one. So that's why that was big for me, you know, just being able to stand on my own two feet, one, as a man, you know, as a young man or developing man, and two, just as a, a leader and a role model and a mentor to show other people my age like hey listen it's possible if you plan it out properly
this is just my ability to maintain my consistency. You know, I mean, I, I have a car. I moved out. I still maintain my career. You know, I've been here six years. Uh, I've but in that and you know, and I mean, it sounds like something very basic, but in that time, I've had, I've gone from a older car to a much newer car. Uh, I've gone from renting to owning. I've gone from a entry level salary to a six figure salary. You know, I've gone from no type of diversity to a lot of uh, different things under my belt that make me a more substantial worker. And also the biggest one of my uh, triumphs and success is just, you know, just navigating, uh, being in situations that aren't beneficial to me and actually being able to survive to get out of them, to be able to take what's happened to me and now I can take everything that I've learned and I've experienced and I can now impart that knowledge on somebody else. Like, you know, my little sister who's 18 now, or, you know, my, my little cousin who's going to be older, who's going to turn 18 soon or just, or just anybody younger than me or anybody who's less experienced than me in general. I've learned. I've also, my biggest successes are I've also learned and failed successfully. Right. Because I think the best thing is you only learn what not to do when you, you only learn what not to do when you do something wrong, right? That's the best way to learn is when you mess up, right? Because now you know what not to do. And whatever you are right now, there's something for that. But also be another version of you right there's another part of you that you haven't even explored yet and when you meet that person explore that person let that person figure the figure you know come out too because you you want to one thing you want to practice is duality you don't want to be one dimensional you want to be able to fit in multiple squares and multiple boxes because that's that's what it means to be human all right, trying to pretend to just be one person or one type of way forever that's actually inhuman. You're supposed to be growing and developing and trying different things and exploring different things and talking to different people and sometimes don't take things for granted. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the experiences, feelings, and dynamics of those navigating their 20s in the heartbeat of the city, New York City. I want to express gratitude to the incredible guests who fearlessly shared their stories. Your voices echo in the canons of the city, leaving an indelible mark on our listeners. Until next time, remember that your story is a part of the Urban Chronicles too. Embrace the journey, face the challenges, and let your voice be heard. This is Bria signing off.